Welcome to Uncontained, episode 55. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and this is the one-year episode of Uncontained, launching back in 2016 on Leap Day. Yes, February 29th. It is the 28th today, and yeah, it will be three more years before I can have my official one-year anniversary, but you know... I'm going to count it as a damn year, even though the day doesn't exist. Just rolling on. Got a great show for you with a San Francisco-based comedian and podcast host. His name is Arden. He just goes by Arden. No last name. He's got the whole moniker thing going on for him. He hosts a show called The Night Space with San Francisco-based comedian Arden. Yes, just one name, no last name on it. He is a moniker. And for those of you who don't know what a moniker is, it's okay. It's somebody who goes by one name. Yes, he is a comic in the Bay Area, plus he is a podcast host. He has a show, The Night Space, that's produced through uh, Mutiny Radio. You can listen to it live on Wednesday nights from 10 to midnight, or you can uh, check it out on iTunes uh, whenever the hell you want after that. And you can uh, check him out live on stage at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. And it is going to be actually tomorrow, if you're listening to this, the day that it launches, which is February 28th. Tomorrow will be March 1st, and he will be on the show East of the Rockies featuring comics from East of the Rockies. He's originally from New Jersey. So, yes, that would uh, classify him. And you can check out more information on that at mutinyradio.fm. mutinyradio.fm. I'll have all that in the show notes for you. And a little bit about our guest, Arden, before we jump into the interview. He gave up a job in marketing because he felt like marketing was a fraud and wanted to do something that you know he felt was real and enjoyed so stand-up comedy and coffee are where he turned his goals to and it's commendable you got to follow what uh what you believe in and we get more into it in the show we talk about comedy we talk about coffee and we talk about that a little bit more in depth in the show so if you're in the san francisco area uh, tomorrow, March 1st. Uh, make sure you check out Arden live on stage at the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. His show East of the Rockies is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock p.m. You can find out more info in the show notes. I'll have the links to all the events and it will definitely be a good way to spend your Wednesday night. If you've enjoyed this show over the last year and would like to support it, I would appreciate it. I'm not going to beg for your money, but I will say there is a way you can support this show without even having to spend a dime of your own money to support this show. Basically, next time you go on Amazon, go through uncontainedpod.com, click the Amazon link at the top of the page, and then go about your shopping as usual. I appreciate the little added support, and you will appreciate those great Amazon goods that you always buy. So I won't keep you with my cup out begging any longer for your spare change. Let's get to the show. Episode 55 of Uncontained with comedian and podcast host Arden. How are you doing, Arden? And welcome to Uncontained. 
Well, thanks for having me, Aaron, and I am doing fantastic. I'm uh, just back from doing a set actually downtown at 222 Hyde. Oh yeah. Um, what was uh was it an open mic or was it a show tonight? It was actually the last open mic they're going to be doing there. I think that show's shutting down. Uh, Christian shutting it down. So uh, I was happy to be able to do the last one because I've done many a bomb set there, and uh, happy to be able to do one last one before. Uh, it's no more. All right. Well, that's always sad to hear that a mic is closing down and uh, one last spot for people to like showcase their comedy. Do you want to just take a minute real quick, Arden, and uh, just um, fill in the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into stand-up comedy? Yeah, sure. So uh, a little bit about myself. I've been in San Francisco for about three years now, uh, doing stand-up in the city for two years. Uh, And really, I was one of those uh, always a funny kid, uh, but never thought of comedy as a career that, you know, you could actually do. You're one of, you know, God knows how many people that want to become a comic and make it big. Uh, so I always denied the impulse to perform or do anything, uh, to draw attention to it. And, you know, it was just happy to make my friends laugh. And then while I was in college, I started doing a weekly radio show uh, that was all about relationship dating advice, but that was a guy, that was a guy's premise to be able to have all my friends prank call me and, uh, to play the straight man against whatever zaniness they had going on, which made for a really funny, really great, uh, weekly radio show. Uh, and, uh, in the three years I did it at, uh, college, I only had two real callers. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, I found it, uh, I call that a success. Right on. Only two real callers, your whole, uh, college show. Like the rest were friends calling in, pranking you. Like what would be an example of one of the pranks that they would do? Oh, well, the, the thing was, I we always had to walk a fine line because we were actually broadcast over FM, so the FCC was listening, so mm-hmm. I had a delay button should anything go wrong. Uh, but we just found ways of finding euphemisms and weird ways of describing things to not get in trouble. Uh, and we usually involve getting medical uh, in the descriptions of things. So one guy was talking about uh, having... Uh, his girlfriend used a penile caduceus on him uh, to elongate his member. And uh, it, it was just one of these weird things where it was out of left field and it was just kind of spur of the moment that he came up with that on the spot. Uh, and, you know, having that kind of material to work off of to try and play it straight and give real advice about, uh, you know, how he could treat injuries to his member after his girlfriend did this to him. Uh, it was always funny. <laughs> Yeah, so it's kind of like a spoof, like Loveline, Doctor Phil show type thing. Yeah, or not Doctor yeah. Phil, Doctor Drew. I apologize. Yes, Doctor Drew. Um, Doctor Phil would just yell at you about yeah. your problem. What was the name of your college show? Yeah, no, uh, the college show was actually called The Night Space, which is the name of my per- current podcast on Mutiny Radio called The Night Space. Okay. Uh, so the format changed a bit, but the name lives on, so to speak. All right. So how like what is the format of the new The Night Space? Yeah. So the new The Night Space is a two hour show from 10 to midnight Wednesday nights. And uh, the first hour is dedicated to myself and my comedian friends uh, just trying to make each other laugh and have a good time. So the first half hour 
is a scripted part uh, called High Time Story Time, where during the day I get baked and I write a five-page uh, little one-act play for us to put on. And uh, we all get high before we perform it on the air. And we perform it on the air and uh, have a good laugh about it. And they tell me that I'm a terrible writer, uh, <laughs> which is true. And, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. And then the second ha uh, half hour of that, we plug e each other's stuff and what we've got going on. Just kind of talk about, uh, you know, more life in general and not necessarily hard comedy stuff. But the second hour, I always have a, a special guest come in who could be an entrepreneur, a, a musician or an entire band. I had a music. Uh, uh, a couple of musicians on last night from uh, Maya and the Revolutionary, Hell Yeah, uh, okay. Maya herself was on. Uh, and so they get to talk about what they're up to and plug their stuff for about half an hour. The comics ask some questions about what they're up to. Uh, and then the second half hour of that, uh, the comics have carte blanche to get really personal uh, with them and make them very uncomfortable. Uh, so it makes for a really good podcast. Okay, so it's kind of like a panel discussion in a way. Uh, yeah. with, uh, with the whole, the comic stay on for the whole show. Yep. Yep. All right. Have you ever tried, you mentioned the, um, high time story time. Have you yep. ever tried, you know, you write it stone, but have you tried performing it and reading it sober? And does it make a difference between reading it sober and reading it high? Does it seem better one way or the other? I find uh, that doing it high loosens up the performers to be able to just kind of jump into a weird character and just run with it. Um, we've done it sober, I think, the first couple of times, and it was just a little more people really focusing on not tripping up what the words were, or, you know, paying attention to what was going on, rather than just kind of reading what's on the page, interpreting it, and just going with it. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense too. Uh, cut out uh, some of your you being inside your own head. Yeah, yeah. It just it just allows you to just and it plus it puts them in my mental state that I was in when I wrote it, so they can kind of make the mental leaps that you have to make to follow some of the gaps in the uh, narrative there. <laughs> yes, that can always be helpful. Um, you mentioned that you've been doing a stand up in you've been out here for about two years and you're originally from the East Coast, correct? Yes, that's correct. I'm okay. originally, originally from New Jersey, but I moved out here from Brooklyn about uh, three and a half years ago. Were you doing any stand up or had any aspirations for stand up while you were out on the East Coast or did that just all come about here? That really all came about here is one of those things where uh, certain life events lended themselves to me being able to finally say, you know what, I'm not doing anything else. Let me give comedy a try. Uh, what had happened was I was out here. I had changed jobs a couple of times. And after the last job change, I had gotten laid off. And so I was collecting unemployment and not doing much other than looking for a job. And I... It was one of those things where I thought of all the great comics who had lived and come through San Francisco, you know, Robin Williams and everybody else. And uh, I said, you know what, let me go check out what's going on in the scene. So I started Googling and I found a open mic in uh, West Portal at Portal's Tavern. And that was the first mic I did in San Francisco. And it was everything that you could imagine a first mic to be, you know. 
two really drunk ladies heckling the hell out of every comic that got up there. <laughs> uh, it, totally indifferent comics, not you know, not even looking at the comedian on stage. Uh, the bartender, who's an aspiring comedian himself, uh, yucking it up and making his own jokes. And, uh, you know, it gave you a real taste of what what uh, what you could aspire to be one day. And uh, so I was hooked from the start and I said, OK, this is going to be part of my life now. Awesome. Awesome. So how did the first uh, set go? Did you get some good laughs or? Yeah, it was uh, I did pretty well that first set. It was uh, I just had the right material and the right delivery and that kind of nervous first energy. And, you know, uh, people knew it was my first time. So they're a little more forgiving and a little less judgmental. And uh, that was true the first I'd say three or four times I got up where I was feeling real good about myself. I was like, hey, you know, I've, I've got a knack for this. And then after that, it was Bomb City for like a month straight uh, where I couldn't buy a laugh. And I said, OK, this this is actually work. I got to work at this. So what was what was the moment that made you realize that you actually had to work at it? Like how many times did you have to bomb or was there one certain incident where you're like, oh, wow. I, it was more that after the jokes that I had written stopped working. And the thing was, I, I never, from the moment I started doing this, I'd never do anything less than 110%, as I say. And uh, I started saying, you know, I don't want to rely on the same jokes, so I'm going to write st- new stuff every week. So after those first, you know, I'd say three, four weeks of, you know, ha- having some good jokes that worked the first, you know, few times that I'd gone up, but then trying to write new stuff every week. After a while, I all the new stuff wasn't working at all, and I, I didn't want to rely on the stuff that had worked because I was pushing myself to develop something new that was great. Um, that's when I was like, okay, I've really got to grind if I'm going to make any of this stuff work. How did you end up changing your writing style to write jokes that you found would work? It was more... I allow myself the freedom to say, okay, I'm going to take a really bizarre premise or a really weird thing that I don't think people will go with me on and present it to an audience and figure out, okay, is there any that's salvageable or where you've got, you know, people cocking their heads, meaning, okay, they're, they're trying to follow. They, they're interested in what you're saying. And once I get that, I start saying, okay, what's the core of that? Why is it that they're reacting to it? Why is it that I found it originally amusing and I strip it down to what the fundamental parts of it are. And, uh, usually with my jokes, it's always, I'm taking two things. I'm taking, you know, either something really good and twisting it and saying, well, here's the negative of it, or I'm taking something really negative and twisting and saying, well, here's the positive of it. And to do that, you've got to find really drastically different polar opposite things to contrast. And usually it's a matter of, making those things and they're usually kind of absurd for my stuff um grounded in something that people will relate to and understand but also illustrate the fundamental difference difference that i'm trying to uh get to um so yeah it, it's taking that and synthesizing it down to something that's 25 words or less um that becomes the challenge okay all right so so you've got yourself that nice little process there, kind of. Uh, do you write, I guess, 
do you write at home or is it mainly in front of the crowd that you're writing? Because it seems like you use a lot of the crowd response yeah. to get your joke. So is most of your writing done on stage? I actually know a lot of my writing is done uh, in the moments in between stuff. So I have a day job. Uh, I work in coffee and I challenge myself every day. Uh, I've got three breaks a day. I've got a 10 minute, a 30 minute and a 10 minute. So during each of those breaks, I challenge myself to write at least one joke or a premise or a funny thing I observed or something down uh, to work on. And so that's when I start, you know, kind of collating all this information and all this material of what I, you know, observe every day. And then once I've, you know, kind of written it down, then I'll start working on it in, you know, downtime at home or while I'm sitting working, uh, waiting to go up to perform a set. I'll just start uh, working on that stuff and polishing it, making it into something. And then I'll take it to either, you know, like a joke workshop or to, you know, just a brainwash on a random weekday night and just perform it and see if any part of it's hidden. Uh, what What's a joke workshop? Is it like just a bunch of comics getting together or? Yeah, so they're. Is it more structured than no, that? No, they're pretty free-flowing. So usually it's an open mic that's dedicated to comics coming in and performing new stuff. And for the other comics in the room, and if there happens to be any real audience members, uh, people to provide feedback on what worked, what didn't, and how they could probably improve what they're trying to do. Um, and we've got a great one down at Muni Radio uh, every week that goes on. Uh, I believe it's Monday nights. And uh, if... If that's not right. You can go to mutinyradio.fm to find out uh, what the actual night is. But yeah, you can come down, sign up, and it's just like an open mic. You go up, you perform your stuff, uh, but you're going to get the feedback to help you just kind of polish what you've got or you know, take it in a direction you wouldn't have thought of before. Okay, so that's really cool. So it's like a open mic where other comics can feel free to give you notes and it's actually kind of expected like oh i think you should go this way with that joke this way with that joke or have you thought about trying yeah, this exactly that's really cool because a lot of times at open mics you don't always get that feedback yeah and it's really hard you know sometimes you feel like you're working in a vacuum where if you're just performing to other comics like some mics are uh you know comics are hard to impress and they've probably heard your stuff a hundred times already. So, you know, you're not necessarily going to get accurate feedback that's going to help you to further what you're trying to do. It's just more of you practicing the delivery. That's how I look at delivering to other comics is practicing your delivery, making sure you've got your timing down. But then when you get those opportunities to perform in front of a real audience to get that feedback of, okay, where am I hitting? Where do I have to pause? Where do I have to adjust my timing? Where can I, you know, what tags are working? What aren't? Uh, but then something like a joke workshop, you can really step back and look at, okay, this premise isn't working here. Why is that? And get the detailed feedback from comics that can look at it and say, oh, it's probably because they're not following this thread here. You've got to connect it this way um, and really make it more cohesive for you. One more question about the comedy workshop is when you're on stage, do you announce like I'm trying to work on an ending for this joke or I'm trying I'm getting stuck right here. Could I get some feedback on this point as you're going into the joke 
or is it just people assume that you are wanting feedback? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So really, uh, it's your time. You can use it as you want. So some people, what they'll do is they'll say, you know, they might not announce, but they may announce. They'll say, look, I've got a five minute set, you know, that I'm trying to just run through. So I'm just going to run through it. And, you know, if you find it funny at the points, laugh and then just give me feedback on where you think I need to tighten up. Some people do that. Uh, and some people, they, they will talk through everything. They'll say, okay, so I've got this premise. Does this premise work? Okay. Okay. We like this premise. All right. Here's the punchline I'm, I'm thinking of using here. Okay. Here's a tag I'm thinking of using. I might do a callback for that. And they'll literally talk through the entire bit. Um, but you know, you can't just be coming up with stuff on the top of your head. You've got to have something prepared to, you know, uh, work through though. Yeah. Okay. That's, I was just trying to picture it in my head if they were up there and people were just sitting there with pens and paper critiquing out in the crowd or if it was like, hey, like we were just talking about, why isn't this joke getting the laugh I think it should, you know, type. Yeah, thing. and a lot of us take notes during it where, you know, uh, it so we'll remember, you know, exactly what piece of feedback we were trying to give because we're all trying to help each other. We're trying to be as constructive as possible. So the more detailed the feedback is and the more, you know, uh, precise you can be with your uh, recommendations, uh, the better it is for everybody. Do you find that helps build the comedy community? Yeah, it really does. I mean, in San Francisco, I feel like there really is a true community, a comedy community. Uh, you know, every mic I go to, I'm talking with people I know from other mics. People are introducing me to other comics. Uh, you know, we're all talking about the stuff we're doing, what we're going up with next. Um, so there really is a true sense of community where we're all kind of in it together, trying to, you know, all help each other out the best we can. And because, you know, if you're, uh, telling me that there's a mic over here one day, I might be able to tell you there's a mic over there the other day, or if there's a showcase and I know that they had a comic dropout, I can recommend somebody. Um, so, you know, the, there's a lot of positive energy going around the San Francisco scene right now. All right, great, man. And uh, you were talking about a comedy showcase there. You, you have one coming up in March, is that correct? Yeah, so the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is actually coming up March uh, 1st through the 5th. Uh, the tickets available through mutinyradio.fm, uh, so not .com, .fm. Uh, and, yeah, I'm actually uh, hosting one of the uh, first night uh, uh, shows. It's going to be called the East of the Rockies Show. We're a whole bunch of uh, comics from east of the Rockies, and myself included. I'm originally from New Jersey, by uh, out here by way of Brooklyn. I uh, are going to be talking about the differences between the east and the west coasts, and that's going to happen at seven o'clock that first uh, Wednesday night, uh, March first. I'm actually from east of the Rockies as well. I'm from I'm not quite as far east as you, but I'm from uh, from the Midwest, from Iowa. Oh, nice. So, uh, it's even different from Iowa to out here. It's a has Iowa has I'd say a little bit more like the Jersey New York culture than out here, where like you know there's more ball busting going on out here. That's kind of like uh, yeah, you know, like people take it a little more serious out here. <laughs> yeah, it, you know the uh, I remember the first day that I tr truly had the culture shock between having lived in Brooklyn and now living in San Francisco. And it was, I was trying to get a cup of coffee in the financial district 
after three o'clock, which if you know anything about the financial district, everything's closed after three o'clock. Uh, yes. So I walked into a store that had its front door wide open. It was a coffee shop. And I walk right in and I said, hey, can I get a cup of coffee? And it was a whole bunch of employees standing around just kind of jabbering about whatever. And uh, they're like, oh, we're actually closed. And I was like, then why don't you close your door and lock it like any other normal store? Right? But no, it's just a San Francisco thing where it's like, why, why should we have to close our door? You should know we're closed. And I'm like, oh, my God, that drove me nuts that I, I was actually – physically upset after that and uh yeah it was just kind of funny and that's when i realized that yeah my brand of humor out here it's gonna be a little weird but you gotta kind of stick with me and you'll you'll figure out where i'm coming from how would you say your brand of humor is different than uh what's out here well you know for one thing i actually try and steer clear of politics as much as i can uh, a lot of comics out here, they love to delve into the politics, especially now when we've got kind of the circus that, you know, everything is devolved into. Um, but I try and stay away. The Oompa Loompa president. Yeah, but I try and stay away from it because, uh, one, I don't want anyone coming for me uh, if that ever happens. But the other part is uh, that, you know, people, uh, you know, comedy should be an escape for most people. And there are ways to make you know, all this stuff funny, but for me, it's more tragic. And I'd rather focus on other things that I truly find funny than focus on stuff that I just find kind of sad. Okay. All right. So where does, where does your, where does your comedy come from? I think like if it's not politics, what brings the comedy out? I think it's really just dealing with other people and dealing with humanity and, you know, the kind of the funny decisions we all make. Um, you know, it's just observing people's behaviors day to day. I have this joke that I've been working on recently where I'm talking about uh, that I used to work in marketing and advertising. And, you know, I used to make uh, a lot of money doing that. Uh, but I gave it up to make coffee and do comedy because this is what makes me happy. And uh, I had a former uh, employee who I used to manage come in and order a cup of coffee from me. And then he realized it was me. And he said, well, what are you doing now? And I looked at him and I was like, this, this is what I'm doing. Like this, this is it. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that became this joke about, well, this is why I didn't give you that promotion because you know, you don't observe anything and the clients hated you and you know what, you don't get coffee, get out of my store. Uh, but that didn't actually happen. You know, that's all part of a bit, but it, it was just kind of funny that he couldn't imagine the fact that I would give up a very lucrative career to just make coffee and try and make people happy through comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, you gotta go where, you know, I don't want to necessarily say where the heart is, but yeah, you got to go where, you know, what makes you happy if it's not making ads and making co- making coffee and jokes, you know, that's where you got to head. Otherwise, being miserable with money, that's not always worth it. No, it's definitely not. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's definitely tougher. I've got to find new and inventive ways to make a living out here. And if I'm not going to do the whole marketing and advertising thing, because I get emails every morning, you know, uh, at least three or four of them with job offers saying, 
hey, you know, uh, if you'd like, you could work for XYZ company because we love your background in advertising and marketing. And every day I'm like, no, I don't want to go back to that because I was miserable when I was in it. And I'd rather be happy, you know, trying to eke out a living and, you know, making people laugh for a while than, you know, uh, being miserable, making a lot of money. That's commendable right there, I have to say. Um, But what was it about advertising that made you miserable? I mean, at the end of it was uh, the math wasn't working anymore. Uh, and what I mean by that is that, uh, and somebody came out on Gizmodo and talked about the fact that a lot of what goes on in advertising right now is, uh, fraud and, uh, that the math that should work, the fundamentals that we all follow in terms of, uh, how we all make money in terms of, uh, at the end I was working for an app company and, uh, trying to market an app, but, I couldn't make the math work anymore in terms of uh, the marketplace and uh, bid thresholds and a whole bunch of stuff. But the long short was I was totally burned out and frustrated because I felt like um, there was a lot of cheating going on in the marketplace and I was being held accountable for bad numbers that I could do nothing about. so in the end, I just threw up my hands and I said, I can't de- do it anymore. And uh, I quit and I'm going to go make coffee. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> uh, and, and I'd been doing comedy, you know, while doing that job in a previous job. And, uh, you know, comedy would always make me happy. It was always I was miserable at the end of my day, but at least I could go up and do five minutes somewhere and uh, make people happy for a bit, which made me happy. So. That's what matters. And coffee always makes me happy. I drink that throughout the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like wake up with it and go to bed with a mug of coffee too. Yep. Okay. Maybe not the go to bed with it, but you know, drink it up to the end of the work day. Them anyway. Tasty, but... tasty decafs. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. I can't decaf coffee to me is kind of like crack free. Crack. Yeah, no, it's it's if you truly love coffee and not aren't just addicted to caffeine in terms of you, you enjoy the, the flavors and the aromas and the tastes and the subtleties of different types of coffee, then, uh, you know, you'll find some good decafs. But if you're just addicted to caffeine, you're addicted to caffeine. You might as well drink Red Bull. <laughs> I. I don't think it's just the addiction to caffeine because I honestly don't feel a whole lot different when I drink a cup of coffee versus before I drank the cup of coffee as far as Mm -hmm. energy wise. So I like a bold flavor. I like I'll drink my coffee without any sugar or cream because I like the taste of it. No, uh, yeah, I drink a lot of black coffee, but I also drink coffee with cream and sugar and honey and different things because you'll find that adding different things to coffee can bring out different flavor profiles to the coffee and uh, just make for a more interesting cup. Now, that's not drowning it in different things, but it's, you know, adding subtle amounts of things to it. Okay, well, what's your favorite coffee? Kona coffee, uh, the Hawaiian coffee, I enjoy a lot because it's, you know, especially when it's dark roast like that, uh, it's got, you know, a nice bold aroma and flavor, but it's very drinkable and very low acidity to it. Yeah, Kona's definitely up there. I do enjoy a good Sumatra or an Ethiopian. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, coffee is just fantastic. It's one of the, it's actually, I think the second most, traded commodity and uh, second most consumed thing behind water. 
<laughs> that that's pretty impressive when you're competing with water as your only yeah. competition. Yeah, it's a lot of coffee, a lot, a lot of coffee. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so. What advice would you have for somebody who is looking to maybe get started doing stand-up yeah, comedy? It's, it, one of those things where I say, you know, do your homework first. Uh, find out, you know, where some mics are around you. There's usually a lot of resources either on Facebook or, you know, via Google um, to find stuff online in terms of what's going on in the city near you, San Francisco specifically, there's tons of mics. Just go online. You just can just Google San Francisco open mics and then, uh, just go to one and you don't have to perform your first time out. Just go sit in the audience, be a, be an audience member, take it in, see how it goes. Uh, you know, because you want to be comfortable your first time up. You don't want to be, uh, you don't want to make it a negative experience. You want to have a good time doing it. I, uh, so, you know, just know what you're getting into. And then, uh, you know, the first night, just follow the instructions for signing up for the mic. They'll usually give you a, a time to show up. I always say show up a little earlier than that. Make sure that, you know, you let the host know that you're new and that you're uh, new to comedy and this is your first mic and, uh, they'll make you feel real welcome. And then, uh, you're going to get up, do your thing and, uh, it'll go great. Even if it goes terribly. And uh, the important thing to do after that is to just keep doing it. If you truly love it, if it's something you feel like that you need to do, just keep doing it. And uh, don't get discouraged. Just keep pushing forward because uh, that's the only way you're going to get better. All right. Perfect, man. And uh, what do you want people to take away from your performance when they're in the audience? What do you want them to remember? I think the biggest thing I want people to remember is no matter how absurd or crazy or hard or scary life seems, it's still funny. There's always humor to be found in it. Uh, you know, I want people to remember that, you know, there's no boogeyman really waiting under their bed for them that, uh, you know, you can take a moment and laugh no matter how hard life is, because that's what's going to get you through those hard times is the ability to laugh at your situation and see the humor in it, no matter how bleak it seems. All right, cool. And you being in the uh, ad business in the past may have an interesting, an interesting answer to this question. What do you do to promote yourself? Yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm two years in here in San Francisco. And I'm finally getting to that point where I'm comfortable enough what I'm doing that I'm feeling like I should take that next step and really start marketing myself and pushing myself and looking for those bigger gigs that are going to get me to bigger things. So the way I'm doing that right now is to one, connect with everybody in the, uh, com uh, community, the, uh, comedy community, uh, via the social media. So Facebook, Twitter, everything, everybody's on, uh, and to let people know what you're up to, what you're doing, and also to find out what other people are doing. And then, uh, you know, share, in kind. So if you expect people to promote your stuff, expect to promote other people's stuff. So make sure that you're responding in kind. So uh, don't just keep asking people to promote your stuff. Make sure that you're asking what you can promote for them, make happen for them. Uh, and, and the other part is uh, I'm going to start getting into a lot more online video. Uh, I started doing a little bit of skit stuff, uh, you know, just some one-off ideas for some web pilots and stuff. 
but now I'm going to get more into uh, video, especially with uh, the podcast I have on Wednesday nights. I'm going to start live streaming some of that stuff uh, or at least recording it to play back later on YouTube because people want to see what we're doing in the booth while we're talking about stuff. Very true statement uh, you said in there that I want to like pull out and kind of highlight can't expect people to continue promoting your stuff if you don't promote theirs. So it's kind of like one hand washes the other type thing. Yeah, no. And and that I I think that's important for people to understand too. Like, dude, will you tell us some? We'll talk about this. Talk about that. Will you spread the word on my show? Do something for them, and they might you know add a little extra or be more willing to share what you post too. You know. Yeah, and I mean, a good way to do that if you're a new comic uh, is to, one, you know, ask to connect with people on Facebook uh, because that's a a big place that a lot of us promote our stuff right now. And, uh, you know, after a mic, just give a shout out. Say, hey, it was great performing with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, the people that you met at the mic. So that they will then remember one. Oh, I remember that guy. He was a pretty cool dude. And, you know, he was a little funny and uh, I'd like to talk with him further. And two, they they see that you're a cool dude who's going to be willing to promote their stuff. So they're going to give you a shout out, too, and say, hey, it was great seeing so-and-so at the mic. Uh, You should check him out with the next thing he does. Yeah, and another thing that I'll probably – I'd like to add to that. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but don't wait for somebody to promote your stuff before you maybe even just go out and extend the branch and promote something that somebody else is doing. You know, feel free to – promote other people's stuff and then eventually it may come around and help you out too yeah and remember likes are free and they help a lot especially when something gets enough likes it gets pushed up on facebook feeds so uh you know at the very least just be liking people's stuff uh when you see it go by all right awesome so you've been in stand-up for two years now yep um, what would you say has been one of the highlights of those two years so far? Uh, I say the first time I got called up in a pinch, uh, to host a show, uh, because, you know, I hadn't hosted a show really prior to that, except for I had hosted an open mic and that didn't go over too, too great. Uh, I wasn't really prepared to host an open mic that night. Uh, So this was getting pulled up in a pinch to host an entire show, and it was actually at Mutiny Radio, and it was fantastic. Uh, You know, I kind of had like 20 minutes to prepare, so all I did was just throw together some ideas for some filler in between sets. And uh, the great thing about hosting, and again, good advice for every comic, is pay attention to what people are doing. Uh, If, you know... uh, you know, you're in an open mic and you're getting ready to perform and you've heard people do uh, five different versions of online dating jokes uh, and the audience is kind of sick of it. Uh, don't perform an online dating joke. It's not going to go over well. Uh, <laughs> so when you're hosting, you get to kind of riff off what the person that just was up did. So pay attention to the last joke they told. Right. And be able to comment on it or at least pay attention to the middle to pull something out to call back to that the audience will then remember more of their set. Um, it's just kind of a nice thing to do when you're hosting. I, but yeah, it's, uh, that first time I got, it did that. And then, you know, the person who organized thanked me and everyone who performed that night thanked me cause they liked what I did. 
uh, that felt really great. So that was definitely a highlight for uh, my comedy career so far. So getting thrust into the spotlight and having to step up and host a show. What show was it just off the top of your head? Do you remember? Yeah, it was uh, one of Pam Benjamin's shows uh, at uh, Friday nights. And it was uh, I think it was the Aquarius's uh, being funny. It was uh, she's starting to do this thing around the Zodiac. So every month she's doing a show with a different uh, Zodiac sign and comedians who have that Zodiac sign talking about being that Zodiac sign. And uh, what Zodiac are you? I am Scorpio. Not that I get too caught up in the whole astrological or astrology thing. I'm getting close to the final question of the show here, Arden. Um, I I do want to give you one more time to go back, promote anything you have going on. Like where where is Mutiny Radio located, so people can come check out a check out the showcase. And when is that showcase? Along with uh, anything else you want to plug? Yeah, so Mutiny Radio is located at 21st in Florida in the Mission uh, here in San Francisco, and uh, you can find them online at mutinyradio.fm. And that's a great place to find tickets for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival coming up this March 1st through the 5th. And I'll be doing a show during that festival on that Wednesday, March 1st. And it's called the East of the Rockies Show. And uh, it's going to be a lot of uh, comedians from East of the Rockies uh, talking about differences between the East and the West Coast. And it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, So go ahead to mutinyradio.fm and get your tickets for that. All right, great, great. And you also have your podcast. Uh, one more time, you want to plug that? Uh... Yeah. So that is uh, The Night Space, and that is Wednesday nights uh, from 10 to midnight. And uh, you can find the live stream on mutinyradio.fm, and you can also find the recordings at mutinyradio.fm as well as on iTunes. So if you want to subscribe via iTunes, you can definitely do that. And where can people get a hold of you? Yeah, so people can find me on Twitter at Arden, A-R-D-I-N, comedy. And uh, that's probably the best place to find me. You can direct message me there. Uh, And uh, yeah, that would be the best way to reach me. All right. So I have one final question for you. It's kind of the title question of the show. Mm -hmm. Arden, how do you live uncontained? You know... A lot of people say, uh, you know, how do you keep getting up? You know, you have a bomb set or, you know, people tell you that you really don't have it. Or how do you keep your con- convincing yourself to keep going in comedy? Uh, and uh, the way I do that is uh, I have to laugh at myself. I have to laugh at when I've got a bomb set, you know, take that step outside myself, look at myself and say, it's hilarious that someone is trying so hard to make people laugh and they're not laughing. And uh, it's that ability to laugh at yourself uh, that allows me to keep going through, you know, all any of the adversity that comes up in, you know, trying to make it as a comic and, you know, put myself out there and be that is that ability to laugh at myself. And when things are going bad, just to laugh it off and say, you know, what, I'm going to keep going because I know deep down that this is what I'm going to be doing. Awesome. I couldn't have said it better myself. I have one final thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides, thank you for coming on the show. I always have my guests sign off the show for me. Arden, will you do me the honor of signing off the show for me today? Yes. I'm Arden, and I live uncontained.
Thank you for listening, and thank you to Arden for coming on the show today. Make sure, if you are in the Bay Area, to uh, swing by Mutiny Radio tomorrow night, March 1st, for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival East of the Rockies, featuring comedians from East of the Rockies. That show starts at 7. The Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival runs from the 1st, to the 5th, so plenty of nights of comedy for you to check out, and uh, you can check that out at mutinyradio.fm, mutinyradio.fm. If you type in com, you'll go somewhere else. Just remember mutinyradio.fm, and while you're on the web, please please swing by uncontainedpod.com, and uh, while you're there, click that Amazon banner at the top of the page. Put a little bit of a change in the pocket show. Right now, I think my earnings my earnings are up to a whopping $3.50. So, you know, that's going to be my retirement right there. My, my future investments, I've got to rely on compound interest. Anyway, in addition to checking Arden out on stage, you can uh, listen to his podcast, The Night Space And uh, that is put on through Mutiny Radio as well. And you can listen to it live on Wednesday nights from 10 to midnight or find it on iTunes later on. Uh, Check out the back shows. Help support his podcast. Rate, review, share, and subscribe. And while you're doing that, you can always do the same for Uncontained as well. The The best advertisement is word of mouth so tell a friend share it be like hey you really need to check out this podcast with Arden on it and uh yeah share it with your friends your real friends your fake friends your digital friends on Facebook anybody that you can share it with and rate review and subscribe that's all I have to say thanks again for listening it's been one crazy first year of the show lots of people to talk to hopefully lots of good advice for people looking to get started out in the entertainment industry let me know if I've helped you out at all if you've taken anything valuable from the show please send me a message you can do so through uncontainedpod.com or Just hit me up on Facebook, too, the Uncontained page there, or my personal one, Aaron Static Render. Just let me know. Let me know if the show's helped you in any way, what you would like to get out of the show. And as always, until next time, people, live uncontained.